0: Hey, welcome to Tune Time, bringing you Newcastle United news and discussion. So, uh, yeah, I'm guessing everyone enjoyed the past weekend that win against Spurs. Um, it was that's a really enjoyable game, to say the least. You know, and, and all the fallout from it as well. You know, it was, um, it's been interesting looking at all the different takes. As now, I think. Uh, Everyone is seriously starting to take notice of what Eddie Howe is doing, and I hope it's more towards that end. Because I know they start that narrative about um, the money that's been spent, and that is true. A good amount of money has been spent on the club, but for me, when I talk about that, it's like um, for me the money that's been spent is investment that was overdue anyway. So I'm not really going to get into that narrative about um, Newcastle spending money because if you average it out over the pa- how many years that um, Mike Ashley did not invest and you put added that 200 million I think it's been spent now towards whatever he's spent over his uh, tenure was it 14 years I, I, I think it wouldn't be that much you know um, I haven't done the maths on it so I may be wrong but the, the amount of times that he didn't invest in the, the playing squad at, at the very least as, as well as the infrastructure the training ground you know the his own staff you know so that, that's something that I, I prefer not to get into because I'm into the positivity that's in Newcastle United Football Club right now so I'm not going to get into that I just want to talk about like um that match pre- just uh, very briefly and I want to talk more about the upcoming game against Aston Villa. Um, yeah, so I watched that game this Sunday. Uh, I didn't make a, re- a reaction to it as uh, there was other things that came up. But it was a it was a really interesting game. I liked how we approached them. In the initial stages, Tottenham Hotspurs had some good opportunities and they were quite dangerous, especially on the break. And it was causing quite a bit of trouble. Sun, had a yeah it had a very it was it jotted edge chance that he shouldn't maybe should have been scoring where um, he dinked it over Nick Pope but it was clear clear off the line but beyond that after that we just started to strangle them you know and they're at home I've, I've heard about um, some of the Spurs fans aren't quite happy with how Conte is winning with them at the moment that um, Tottenham Hotspur are winning quite ugly and that that's that's, that's the style of play, and we we um, we the cage, you know. We consistently pressed them quite high, you know. Uh, we moved through the team quite uh, quite swiftly, and with a purpose and direction, you know. Um, just looking, everyone who played this Sunday has to be praised because everyone fulfilled their role. All right, it wasn't perfect. You know, everyone made little mistakes here and there, but that's by the by for me, is the they stayed together as a unit and there were more than the, some of the parts as they say, you know, just um just this time last year people were talking about um where champ it was the championship squad and there's quite a few and some of these players should be out of the league entirely, you know, and it just shows the work that Eddie has put in. And as well as um, everyone else who's came to the fo- football club since the takeover, and it's just been a team effort throughout the club, and it's done. It's well, it's been paying dividends. But it's it's showing that we can. Co- we've been showing throughout the season that we can cause anybody problems. But finally getting a win over the line against one of the so-called big six is an um, excellent result and it bodes well for what Eddie is trying to build and it's that intensity and as much as people look at Eddie Howe as a nice guy, he's showing that he may be a nice guy, but he's not coming to um, to just roll over for anybody. And and that's great. That um, he can be seen as someone who's uh, approachable or polite well once he crosses that threshold onto the pitch and you can see from him all the way through to the, through the to the players from his him, his coach and staff to the players that they may be nice personalities but when they step onto that pitch they, uh, they're, going, they're going to make it a competitive game first and foremost but they're not coming for a draw or to maybe uh, we lost but it was a close game we're coming to win and that's the, I like that mentality that is instilling in, um, in the club. Yeah, for, you know, um everything about it, he's got players like Callum Wilson. That that the first goal, I was really glad that um, VAR allowed it to be upheld. There, there may come a situation later on the season where it may go against us, but I still feel like them them type of goals should be given because it was it was it was perfected by um LaRice. He ran into um, Callum Wilson and did a little bit of contact he gave him. He, just, he was more than happy to throw himself to the ground and you shouldn't play like that, you know. You shouldn't be playing towards the referees. You should, you know, you should always try and make certain you can win the ball and carry on playing. And I, I don't like to see players just flopping onto the floor and I'm glad that the referee didn't reward it. And the finish by Callum Wilson was excellent. And then followed up by um, Miguel Amara. Is, He's having quite the season, um, I've got the uh, Fantasy Premier League team. <laughs> I've had to add him. I had to do a transfer and bring him in because the season he's having, it just—it just looks like you can't stop him. The, I, I I love to see this that confidence that he's always shown. He's always smiled and he smiled through. I'm guessing through the pain of not being able to show showcase his true abilities. And you can see that confidence that's coming into him now that is more composed when he gets into the ball and that he has um, a train of thought. It, it may be slightly disrespectful disrespectful saying it like that, but that he understands what he wants to do when he gets the ball. You know, and he's going to be brave enough and confident enough to make things happen. And that's what I like to see. That, um, As you can see through a lot of players who were quite indecisive last season, that, that slowly going away and when they get on the ball they know the their role. They know what they are supposed to do in for the team. You know, you can see in obviously Joe Linton is the biggest example. Fabian Shaw how he's grown more and more assertive in the in the in the back four. Um, you can see Joe Willock, his his phones picking up and um, I, you know, before Kraft got injured he was showing some excellent signs, he was playing really well, Well, for me, probably, in a way, one of the biggest reclamation and redemptive uh, stories is Sean Langstaff, because you could see that as a player he was very much down in the dumps, he didn't know where his career was going, he was looking like he was going to leave the club entirely, before um, Eddie Howe and and the takeover happened. he just looked like he was just going to fall away to the wayside and would have been one of those what well, could have been stories and I I like how he's improved his game yes he makes mistakes and there are times he's quite ponderous on the ball but for the most part he shows the energy to get up and get around the pitch he works from minute one to the end just like everyone else it's not just him who's working really hard he's but you can see that dedication you can see that he's getting that that confidence back in starting to get that form, and hopefully, he'd start adding a bit more consistency with his passing, a bit more sharpness as well. And I know that's what Elihu will be reiterating towards him. So, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, I just want to speak briefly about Sunday's game, and it was an excellent performance. It was, um, And they held strong, especially towards the end, you know, and Spurs didn't have any chances towards the end that I can remember personally. We we held them pretty much at arm's length, you know. Um, it's just it was good to see Jan Johansson come back as well. So hopefully he can start to get his fitness up and maybe he gets a, a couple of games before the break for the World Cup. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That from from what I can remember. This is pretty much off the top of my head. But um, yeah, from what I can remember from this Sunday's game. That's the most most of the things I wanted to point out, and now just looking forward to um, this Saturday's game against Aston Villa, who had an uh, excellent win against Brentford uh, on Sunday as well. Uh, from what I saw in the highlights, the, um, they're looking like they looked very confident, or like some f- well maybe losing the second of Steven Jordan may have helped that the players played with a lot more freedom and belief in what they were trying to do. As well as, um, it seemed like they was playing in more of the correct positions, or it was a very much a settled formation and players were played in positions that helped them the most. You know, um, one player who looked like he really benefited was uh, Leon Bailey, and he was part of the left wing, he was swinging in crosses, he scored a goal I think. So he he may be quite dangerous uh, this Saturday. I think Danny Ings got a couple of goals, just the whole team, it just looks more settled. You and Douglas Ruiz was looking quite dangerous, but Bayern saw the highlights, and to be honest, um, it was, it was just, a, just a quick look over how they looked, but it's, for me, this uh, Saturday, it's kind of like I um, look at the sliding doors type of moment, you know? What, what could have been, because um, em- Unai Emery was talking about it, how last year he was uh, he didn't want to come to Newcastle because he didn't know if he wanted to do that type of project where he's building from the ground up, and now he's gone to Aston Villa, and it's essentially the same thing. All right, it's not a direct takeover that's happened at Aston Villa now, but it's the same type of thing. It's, um, even though the... the it's not a full rebuild that he has to do or anything like that they've got uh seasoned professionals in their team but um the thing is they're kind of in the doldrums but they won quite well against brentford but i don't know if whether that's um where we can use that as a true measuring stick because i don't know if brentford are traveling that well this season because they got a good pounding from us when they came to uh saint james park so I don't know if they're doing particularly well away from home I'd have to look at their form but I don't think they're doing very well personally when they go away they're doing um, well when they're at home but not so much on their travels but um yeah hold on games oh boy what's this yeah I don't know they've been Quite inconsistent this season, to be honest I can't really point to anything where you can say It's a true Measurement of how they're doing Because they've had some excellent results like beating Manchester United But then the next week they were and lost at foot uh, Fulham away Yeah, most of the away games They haven't done quite well Yeah I don't think they've got a away victory this season No, not that one away victory that I can see so but they've got a couple of draws but um Aston Villa yeah once again talking about like a sliding doors moment um Unai Emery he's uh now gone to Aston Villa and he may be thinking wow look how Eddie Howe's doing them that could have been me but i don't know whether it would have been as he plays a different style of football to Eddie Howe and i don't know whether he would have got a tune out of the players that um, Eddie Howe has, because his formation is very much a four, th- was it a four-two-three-one, and he, and he likes to be quite pragma- pragmatic. So I don't know whether he would have got the same results out of the players that have come to Newcastle. You know, um, he would have utilized the players in the same way. Because um, I'm not gonna act like I was a a huge. Uh, had a fan of uh, Bruno before he come to Newcastle United when, but from what I know, I've heard, when he was at um, Olympic Lyon he was more of a the pivot, he played more of the defensive midfielder role and at Newcastle, even though John droft Shelby isn't a true defensive midfielder, he plays that type of, um, I don't want to say he's like PLO but he plays in that type of role where he sits just in front of the defence and he'll pick up the ball and he'll move it around and Eddie Howe has managed to utilise him a lot more, that which allowed, especially last season, Bruno to play that box-to-box midfielder role, which seems to suit him very well at this moment in time, in terms of um, him showcasing his ability to get uh, assists and goals. And what this season, Bruno has also shown the other side to his game, is uh, that he can, that he does play that role, and he plays it quite well, taking it from the defence and bringing it up the pitch. But I feel like, he really enjoys playing that box to box role, as he has a lot more freedom, especially to attack and um, you know control the game in that fashion. So I don't know if you know Emery would have done the same thing if he had had uh, Bruno as, um, at his uh, sorry at his disposal and in, in terms of being able to showcases abilities as a 4231 tends to make um two sitting midfielders it seems uh, I I do believe because you have more you have the two sitting midfielders then you have maybe an attacking midfielder with the, the two wingers who who may drop in you know and you have your lone striker so it would have been the same formation it would have been slightly different i think it plays more well it's a strange it, his formations can be a bit more fluid because I think he likes to try and play a 433 or at times he so maybe make it interchange into a 4231 then maybe into a 451 then even into a 442 at times depending on the personnel that he has so it all depends as far as what I've seen it does but from what I've seen mostly it's a 433 for the most part which um when we fall into the actually I've even heard people talk about when we're attacking this season, that's why Dan Burns has been playing, it, at times changes in, into a, um, is it a three-three-three-one? one I think I've heard people say, as um, when we're attacking it turns into three centre-backs at the back, and the two, and then, um, Kieran Trippier pushes up further to become like a, almost a wing-back, then you have uh, John Linton and um Bruno maybe just they not sitting but you know they may sit they might not attack as much it's it's a strange formation It's um it's one of those ones where it's quite difficult to ascertain exactly what's happening but it's very effective and it causes a lot of problems in terms of overloading them um, certain areas especially this season for armor on um, the right hand side and it's going to be interesting once uh Sam Maxman's back as we'll be able to put, have that um, both flanks available. Well, what's going to be interesting then, what's going to happen with Dan Burn? Because I feel like um, Sam Maxman's at his best having that the overlap of a Matt target. So we'll have to see what's going to happen in terms of, of how uh, how approaches that situation. As Burn isn't that effective getting forwards, from what I've seen anyway. But yeah, um, just watching this previous these previous few games, picking up wins, turning the draws into wins now, and this is gonna be a, an interesting game against Aston Villa because the players are gonna be quite buoyant. But this is a game I feel we can win, and. It's going to be interesting in terms of how it, he how it approaches it because I know he wants to keep um, he wants to the spirits high in the camp but he doesn't want anyone to get overzealous. And uh, Aston Villa, they're going to be an interesting test because they're going to be quite confident after beating Brentford and they're going to want to carry on that good feeling that they've got right now. But we can't allow that to happen. We've got to, you know, knock them down, basically, and start them in their tracks, you know. um We've got our momentum, and especially being in the top four, is a, uh, it's something I, I didn't expect to be seen anytime soon. But um, we're we're gonna want to try and consolidate our place that high in the table right now, and that's what you gotta do when the opportunity knocks. Just you gotta open the door and um, make the best of the situation that's uh, in in front of you. So. That's, that's all Eddie Howe is going to try and do. He's going to try and keep everyone focused and no one becoming um, overconfident. Just say, take it a game at a time. And that's what he was saying in the post-match interview um, on Sunday. It's kind of, he just says, we enjoyed it today for now. But he was already looking to, towards the Aston Villa game. He's going to watch the, um, the tape of their win against Brentford and try and pick out what they may be doing. But... Now that um edit um Una Emery is coming in, he'll probably have to look at how maybe Villarreal have been playing this season, but it's a it's gonna be interesting because they've I think from what I've read they've sold quite a few of their wingers, um, Aston Villa that is so with uh is um it's not gonna it's gonna maybe come mostly through Leon Bailey I feel, and we will have to see what happens. Uh, because of um bruno's excellent form i've been hearing about uh chelsea interested in him well that's something i'm, I'm not even gonna waste my time talking about it makes no sense for him to leave until at the very least the end of the season if he was going to leave and even then i don't see it happening happen happening the end of this season i don't see it happening anytime soon you know he's settled he's just had his first uh son Show us I'm saying first on his first child. Never mind. Uh, his first son, his first child. And uh, congr- congratulations to him on that. And he's very settled. He's um he's in a team that's very much on the up. Where and he knows the it's an ambitious ownership that owns the club right now. So he's been talking about he wants to be a legend at Newcastle United Football Club. So it makes no sense going to a club like Chelsea, which, um, to be honest, at this moment in time, I wouldn't want to call it a basket case, but it's, um, I don't know if the right environment for him right now, because he's getting into the Brazilian national team. He's, I think he's very close to being a starter if he isn't already. He's a, he's a star for Newcastle. By the end of the season, he'll be offered a new contract at the very least. You know, um, he knows that the club's going to keep trying to bring in high quality players. He he knows the, um the coaching staff is going to utilise him to the best of his abilities and continue to try and improve his game as well as his teammates. So, and he's playing in the, the league, well, going to Chelsea. He's still be playing in the Premier League. So, why would he want to go to Chelsea where more time, mostly, he's going to be. Um, he may get rotated, and I don't see him being happy sitting on the bench at any time, unless he's recovering from an injury or um, his team's gone through extensive run of games. And why can't he do that here? And that's how I feel like he wants to be. He wants to be someone remembered for bringing his club to that next level. Basically, like um, what happened with Vincent Company. It's a different situation because when Company went to, to Manchester City he was, um, I remember he was touted as a, a wonder kin, kid but um, he fell off basically and when he went to Manchester City he didn't have that same uh, star factor in terms of the potential but Lukaku grew with the club, he became a legend at Manchester City and I felt that's what he means when he says I want to become a legend at Newcastle. He says, he came immediately when the club was in the um in the doldrums, in relegation place. Didn't look like it, it was a situation we could get out of. He didn't ask for a relegation clause. Um, He says, I'm going to come here. I'm going to help this club stay up first and foremost. Then we're going to push on. And I thought like that's like he, he, how he sees it. He wants to be right there at the forefront of building this club to become a power within the Premier League first and foremost and then in Europe. So that's not something I'm particularly worried about. When Speaking hypothetically as a devil, ad- devil advocate if he was a player who I felt like he was just always trying to use the club as a stepping stone then probably this summer he would move on but I don't feel that that's why I feel like but he's very much in the project and he wants to help build the club to um, his full potential. So, um, yeah, that's mostly, it's, um, it's going like, to be interesting. Just looking at the parallels between how Howe, who happily came to Newcastle, he had a project that he um, he laid out to ownership and said, this is how I'm going to help, first and foremost, get after. Situation last year, and then I'm going to help build the um, foundations to continually build to the ambitions that um, the ownership has for the club, and that he himself, has. and that that intertwining of a process has brought us to this point right now, where everyone's extremely happy with where, where we are, and how it's going. Um, I hope we can start getting. Um, I wouldn't want to say cocky, but basically overconfident in terms of what's happening. It's it's great being where we are right now. No one expected that this season. To be honest, a lot of people, myself included, I expected more of a consolidation season. Hopefully, I'll run towards the, um, the top eight, maybe. But we're in an excellent position right now. I hope the club continues to build on it. And the players, um, just concentrate on taking each game as it goes, you know. One game at a time.